This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. of the sleeper in the bust it is thursday august 9th i'm your host paul spore and i'm flying solo today and i've got a fun little topic um kind of jumping off of one of the uh, pieces that i recently wrote and what i'm gonna be looking at today is some triple a hitters who are performing really well who could get a call here in, in you know down the stretch in these final two months now i did it this with the pitchers and i identified a handful of guys and i did have a stipulation on it of you know Guys who hadn't appeared in the majors this year, just because we kind of already knew about them. Oh, someone didn't turn off their phone. And um, so that, I was kind of focused on that because, you know, some of those guys that were on there that who have appeared in the majors, we already know about them. I was trying to uncover some new guys. I'm getting rid of that restriction here for the podcast because it's it's just a lot easier to, to, to kind of talk through a bunch of guys than it is to write every one of them up, putting all their stats and, you know, could have been like a 25 person sort of deal and so since we're just kind of talking through it it's all good um and so that's how we're going to do it. again we're looking at triple a p- players who could hitters who could come up and do some uh, do some damage here and there will be some mentioned who have who have made the majors but we're just basically what i'm going to do by the way is look at the the five the, the standard five by five categories and you know kind of talk about the top end guys there so let's just start with batting average. And oops, sorry, I don't know if that created a noise or not, but I was moving my hand and I yanked my headphones and it kind of moved the mic down. I don't know. You know, it's early enough in the pod that I could just restart, but I've already had to restart like six times because I would say something dumb, uh, you know, didn't remember the, the date. And it doesn't matter, but this is this is how it goes when I'm when I'm solo. And and yet they still turn out how they do. You're like, wow, you redo these and they still they are still this terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost a talent. Almost. Let's start with batting average. Alex Verdugo. Now, I'm gonna be hyping Alex Verdugo for a while, I think. I'm I'm just a real fan of this guy. And it's not that he has a ton of fantasy skills either. He's not <clears throat> excuse me. It's not like an across the board uh anything elite for fantasy but i just think he's a really good player and and he has this hit tool obviously that's allowed him to hit 345 in the pacific coast league by the way uh he's for the dodgers organization alex verdugo is so 
I'll, I'll try to mention if it's International League or Pacific Coast League. When it's International League, I think that league's pretty neutral, maybe even leaning a little bit toward pitchers. But I know the Pacific Coast League can really amplify hitting. So keep that in mind and just kind of let that shape some of your expectations should these guys come up or come back up, as it were. Because Verdugo's actually had 56 plate appearances this year and put up a perfectly respectable 283, 45, 440 slash line with a 13% strikeout rate, 9% walk rate, just a single homer, but also five doubles. I, again, I just really like this guy. And I'm sure the Orioles tried to get a deal centered around him when, when they traded for uh, when they traded Manny Machado out there to the Dodgers. They got Yusnel Diaz instead, and that was still a good haul for a rental. But I would have maybe said, let's get fewer guys and then but but let Verdugo be the centerpiece. But you know what? They've got a bad system. Maybe it was better to go quantity over uh, over flat out quality. So let's see. I think Obviously, it's going to take an injury for somebody like Verdugo to get up and get meaningful playing time. That's going to be the case for a lot of these guys. But we are going to f talk about some who are on poorer teams where they maybe should already be up. Like, well, what are these teams doing? But we're going to get into some other folks who it's like they're on the best teams. And, you know, Dodgers obviously really good. Got some Astros in here. Got, got a Red Sox. And it's going to take something. But I want to make you aware of them because if an injury, you know, does create a spot, they could be on the come up and you want to jump on them quickly. So Verdugo is somebody I really like uh, just because I think he's a, a really good player, and I think he would come up and be just a quality fill-in. Again, he wouldn't dominate in any one category, but like I said, he's hitting that 280 when he first came up. He could be a little bit of a batting average asset if they needed a long, longer-term outfielder. Uh, next up, the only other guy hitting 340 in, in a qualified number of plate appearances at AAA this year is Mike Talkman. You may remember from our episode in Denver, Carson Sestouli did a little bit of a pop in, and I, I asked, uh, you know, we're talking Rockies. Do you have anybody in the Rockies organization that, that you've been keeping an eye on in the Fringe Five and that uh, who you really like and think could do something big? And he mentioned Talkman. And, and he's a big fan of the of the skills that Talkman has. Now, Talkman has had 32 and 37 plate appearances uh, in the majors each of the, in the last two years, respectively, I should say. He's struck out a ton, and this year in his 37 plate appearances, he's hitting 094. So, you know, tiny samples hasn't really gone well, 41% strikeout rate, especially when you look at it compared to his AAA work. And yes, AAA does inflate offense, but like we're talking about two different players here, and that's why you can't give any credence to 37 plate appearances. But in AAA this year, 19 homers. 11 steals don't get too hyped on that by the way he's 11 for 19 gross and uh, last year he was 16 for 23 23 for 33 he's not a great base stealer so i don't know that that's going to be something that talkman does when he comes up but he has a 343 422 619 slash line that's excellent with a 15 percent strikeout rate 13 percent walk rate you got to love that. And so, you know, they haven't really given him a full-on chance there, and I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to open up yet this year. He is 27, so he's a little bit older, and that's why he's not like a true prospect despite putting up these great numbers. He had beastly numbers last year, very similar to all the numbers I just read uh, for this year's work. So keep talking on your on your list uh, in, you know, in your head there. You might have already filed his name away when Carson mentioned it, but if he ever gets a chance to really – settle in you know for a month we could see something special um especially in colorado of course which that, that's the beauty of somebody going from the pcl to the rockies they're still getting a very favorable environment 
Um, the next guy I wanted to talk about actually would fit the power side too. That's Kevin Crone. And yes, it is CJ Crone's brother. He's hitting 333, but he also has 20 homers. Now, he's a third base, first base type. And I, I list third base first because he has played there more than uh, than first base this year. I think he was more first base in previous years, but maybe they said, let's, let's get you at third base. The Jake Lamb situation would have opened up a spot, but they got Eduardo Escobar, and they are kind of running a decent platoon between Descalso and Cattell Marte to where they're not necessarily going to move Escobar over to second full-time and then bring up Crone. But that would have been a decent avenue. But you have Marte, Nick Ahmed, Descalso bouncing around between second and short and all doing pretty well. Marte and Ahmed have been more league average, where Descalso, interestingly enough, at age 31, has had a little bit of a breakout with an 830 OPS, a, a 116 OPS plus. Hang on, let me let me see. Let me get the WRC plus because I was on uh, his BREF page. There. I'm always on BREF and Fangrass at the same time, really. Let's be honest. Uh, so I, I bounce between the two. Yeah, it's a 124 WRC plus. So th those two numbers, the WRC plus and the OPS plus, they're generally going to be close. But sometimes the makeup of, of, of a player's uh, of a player's OPS can have them with a f more favorable. Uh, number in one of one or the other category but anyway back to crone has the power i'm not sure that the average would necessarily be you know anywhere near this high in, in a major league stint but i do think he'd be a pretty darn good power asset so i'm mentioning him here kind of under the batting average because he is fifth among qualified batters but I think power focus. I think he'd be more, honestly, I think he'd be more of like a 250 guy with pop because this batting average has kind of come out of nowhere thanks to a 368 bat batting average on balls in play. So he might just be smacking the ball all over the place in uh, Reno, I think, for the Diamondbacks. So there is a little bit of an avenue because of uh, because that second base situation might not be super locked down. And so if something happened there, you know, Nick Ahmed is on fire lately though. So he's kind of got short locked up and Escobar's over at third, but Escobar's flexibility suggests that if there were another injury or, or a bout of underperformance, maybe Crone would get the call before September, but he should, he should at least get a September call up. There's also Socrates Brito. Um, what a name uh, that remains one of the best names. I remember when he was, kind of getting hyped up as, as somebody who could be something and it never really panned out. He finally got like a little bit of a run, 97 plate appearances in 2016. And it wasn't good. It was a 540, 554 OPS, uh, four homers, two steals. And he's had 17 plate appearances this year. He's, he's two for 17. Um, so we haven't seen it at the major league level, but he is just 25. He's hitting 332, 17 homers, 13 stolen bases, 13 out of 15. So there's still that that package of skills there that if something opened up in the outfield, and we know Steven Souza Jr. hasn't been anywhere near a bastion of health, uh, neither has really A.J. Pollock. Uh, he's healthy right now, and uh, David Peralta has been great. But if something opened up, I could see a scenario where they say, let's, let's give Brito yet another shot. Um, okay, moving on, Rusni Castillo. Remember him? That same Rusni Castillo, he's 30 years old. I think he got a seven-year, $74 million deal to come over from Cuba. It hasn't really worked out. He's been kind of just chilling in AAA. He's been mostly successful in AAA, but that's a really difficult outfield to crack. 
I'm kind of surprised they didn't find a way to move him. It's probably the contract, but maybe they could have sent some money with him and, and just move him so that he gets a chance at the majors. Because obviously, that's such an elite outfield with uh, Benintendi, Bradley, and Betts. And I know Bradley's offense hasn't really been there, but with his defense, I still say it's an elite outfield, including all three of them. And then even if you give one of them a breather, you throw J.D. Martinez out there, who's not good defensively, but uh, is their best hitter. Well, right there with Betts. Sorry. I, they're, they're one, two. Doesn't really matter. But Rusnik Castillo, we'll see if he gets the call. He would need an injury to really to really come up and, and, and play, though. A couple other guys I'll mention just uh, on the batting average. Austin Dean is in the Marlins organization, and he's hitting 319. He's a 24-year-old, and I'm really wondering, like, why hasn't he been called up? Like, what, what's he got to do? I know he started the season in double-A where he – Simply hit 420 for 88 plate appearances. Small sample or not, that's still pretty impressive. It was a 437 Babbitt. But he's a high contact guy and he can take a walk. It's not it's not like some gaudy walk rate, but if you're taking seven to nine percent walks while striking out in the low to mid teens, that's gonna play. Um, but he doesn't really have any other standout skill. Batting average has really been kind of the driving force for Austin Dean of the Marlins uh, in AAA New Orleans. So we'll see if he gets a call. He he probably deserves one sooner than later, though. He's 24 years old. They're not going anywhere. Why not give him a look? And on 518, I'm seeing under his profile page right now, he did make the fringe five. So I'm always going to be extra intrigued because of Carson's excellent success with the research and work that he does on the fringe five. So if somebody has a fringe five appearance, I'm even more interested. Next up is another brother of a current major leaguer, Keon Wong. Um, actually, I don't know if it's Keon. It's K-E-A-N, which looks like Sean with a K, but I don't know if it's Keon. Maybe it is Keon. More like that as opposed to Keon, like Keon Broxton. I'm not sure that spending a lot of time on this is the best use of my time. Someone can tell me how to pronounce it properly. I'm very open to um, figuring that out. But anyway, he is Colton Wong's brother, and he's hitting 313 in in AAA this year. It's his second year in AAA. Now, knowing the Rays, he'll be up at least in four years, at least. I mean, they they might just need another three years, and then they'll say, you know what? We're going to bring him up early. Boom. Let's uh, let's get him in there. <laughs> Obviously, I'm making a joke, but man, they they slow roast their prospects so much, and sometimes I think it's to the detriment. Um, they do a lot of right, a lot of things right with the Rays, but that is sometimes I think they go a little bit overboard, and I'd like to see them maybe bring him up. But anyways, hitting 313, nine homers, uh, five for eight on the bases. You're not really going to get anything there. And one last Rocky that could uh, that could get in the mix is somebody who's been around for a minute including been up in the majors this year, Rymel Tapia. I like Rymel Tapia. I really do. I, st- I still think there's something here with Rymel Tapia, like substantial. And so we'll see, we'll see if that comes to fruition at any point. Um, he's still, you know, he's been around for a good while in the consciousness, especially prospect wise. And yet we haven't really seen much. We've only seen 232 plate appearances out of the 24 year old because he's still so young. He's only 24. And so he's been up for 20 plate appearances this year. I'm not even going to bother you with the numbers because it doesn't matter in 20 plate appearances. But in the minors, hitting 313, 10 homers, 19 for 20 on the bases, there's still a real player here. By the way, uh, just going down the list a little bit, there there are guys that we are very familiar with, like um, Willie Calhoun 
and who was the other prospect? I cannot. F oh, Kyle Tucker. You know, those are guys that those are big time prospects. We're familiar with them, and they were they were showing out in AAA as well. But that's it on the on the batting average side. Let's go to home runs and sort by that. And by the way, Crohn's twenty is uh, let's see tied for the one two three four fifth highest total. And when I say that. He's not fifth on the list because there are other ties. There's two guys with 22, two guys with 21, and he's part of three guys with 20. But you have 24, 23, 22, 21, and then 20. So it's tied for the fifth highest. I don't know if that's confusing or not, but that's what it is. Uh, a guy I could have mentioned over in the um, batting average portion was Tyler White of the Astros. He's hitting 333. A, a guy similar to him. They kind of have, I think that's a righty-lefty combo of... of more or less DH types, but first base types. Uh, but leading the charge for AAA homers is A.J. Reed. Remember him? Back in 2016, he got a real look, 141 plate appearances, and it was dreadful, unfortunately. He still kept his patience walking 13% of the time, but that was really only the, posi the only positive to take from it. He hit just three homers, 164 average, and a 34% strikeout rate. He's had a total of nine plate appearances uh, in the two seasons since, including just a, a one-game 0-for-3 this year. But Reed and, and White, I think White might be up right now, or he was recently. He might have gotten sent right back. But they're kind of battling each other, and so that's kind of the tough part. Both would make – if I just did a full rundown on this list of guys who are intriguing and, and you know, hit on everybody, both would make it. But they're both, you know, again, first base DH types that don't really have a spot to play because, uh, because that team is so good, even with all the injuries. Now, White is up, and he got – he probably got, uh, got pushed up ahead of Reed because he's older – and so, yes, he is still currently up unless he was sent down yesterday because I'm looking at his game log and there's an August 7th um, triple and homer. Look at you, two for four. I see you. So I do like White, but also look, keep an eye on A.J. Reed and his power. He could get called up at some point as well. And maybe maybe the second time around, he's still just 25. So he was back age 23 trying to get it going a few years ago. Now, next, our first one, well, no, our second one on a truly bad team is Zach Borenstein, on the on the Mets, he's a 27 year old. He's got 23 homers. He's hitting 260. I see 148 strikeouts. Let me see what the rate is going to be on that. It's going to be bad. Um, it's going to be a bad strikeout rate, 31 percent. And it was 29 percent last year, and that kind of follows since being in the high minors. And by the way, he was brought over somehow from the Diamondbacks. I don't have the transaction history right right now, but he was with the Diamondbacks, and now he's a Met. All year this year, though, so it wasn't anything, any trade that happened this year or any sort of pickup that happened this year. But he had 24 homers last year in 100 and, well, let me give you the plate appearances. In 433 plate appearances, he has 23 and 473 this year, so a very similar power rate. He's got pop. I don't know why they wouldn't give him a chance unless they've done a study and they found maybe he has like a weakened immune uh, system and they don't want to expose him to the Mets team where he would get any number of maladies, including but not limited to hand, foot, and mouth disease. You knew I was going to get a hand, foot, mouth disease joke in here. If you didn't see it coming, that's on you. All right, next up is a guy for the Phillies, Joey Meneses, M-E-N-E-S-E-S, 26-year-old -E -E with 22 homers and a 318 average, by the way. 
Um, let's see, another kind of standard first base strikeout type, although only a 21% strikeout rate. So even if that jumps up a little bit at the majors, I can take a mid-20s. When you bring up somebody like a Bornstein who's already in the 30s and you expect it to, to boost a little bit in the majors just on the difficulty of the majors, now you're talking mid-30s, and that's a lot tougher to, to justify. This is another guy from a different organization. He's with the Braves until just this year. And this is his first go at AAA at age 26. He looks pretty good. He's he's got an average uh, batting average and power combo. Now, the power wasn't there last year. This is a power explosion. And it's interesting at age 26 to have a power explosion at AAA. Is there AAA? I thought it was the Phillies AA that can be a launching pad and is why people didn't take Darren Ruff seriously, but then also gave a little bit of shade to Reese Hoskins when he was doing numbers. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I thought it was the double-A system, not the triple-A. If it is the triple-A, that would make sense why Manessis has the 22 homers. And again, correct me on the pronunciation if it is comically wrong. Next up is Chris Shaw for the Giants, a 24-year-old, also with 22 homers. He's hitting 268 with a boat, boatload of strikeouts. I think yet another first-base type. Unsurprisingly, a lot of these big power guys are going to be first-base types. And yes, 34% on the strikeout rate. That's going to be tough to uh, to see holding up very well in the majors because he also has a 5% walk rate. So I'm sure that off uh, that pitchers are a bit afraid of him with the power because he actually, he's actually played 88 games each of the last two years. And uh, so very similar number of plate appearances, actually 13 plate appearance difference. And he had 18 and 22 homers. So very similar power output, but also very similarly high strikeout rate and low walk rate, 5%. Yikes. So even if they're trying to pitch around him, he's like, no, 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 I'll swing at it. Just throw it anyway. Just throw it. If you throw the ball, I will swing. It doesn't really matter. So it's the raw power there. That'd be the worst park to go to. He is also a lefty. I'm bringing him up because he's up near the top. But honestly, I would even be more intrigued by a 27-year-old Zach Bornstein and his 52 billion percent strikeout rate over a Shaw just because of his his also similarly high strikeout rate, no walks to go with it, and being a lefty in AT&T Park. Um, another quick, I'm going to do quick one on this Rockies here because they just, they're not going to have enough space for Tapia, Talkman, and the next guy, Jordan Patterson. He has 21 homers in AAA. Uh, he has been up for a little bit back in 16, uh, this year, nothing last year, nothing 26 homers last year in 542 plate appearances, 21 and 389 this year. It's actually dead even 256 ISOs in each of those seasons, 27% strikeout rate, 9% walk. There's just not going to be enough room. So whoever comes up out of them, Talkman, Tapia, Patterson, I would be interested in, but I just can't see a scenario where all three get called up. (laughs) Obviously, this is not a guy I need to inform you all on, but just Chris Carter still doing his thing. Age 31 has 20 homers. But the next guy I do want to talk about, and these ones intrigue me more because they're on poor teams, and it's uh, Frank Schwindel. Of the of the Kansas City Royals minor league system. Now he's a 26 year old, but he's listed at catcher slash first base. I wonder how much catching he's done this year. Uh, he's listed he's catcher slash first base because he caught back in the day. He hasn't caught since 15. That would have been so intriguing. Not that he would have had some great spot because of uh, Sal Perez or anything, 
but if he comes up and he had some sort of catcher eligibility, maybe if he was just like the backup catcher and getting some burn at first base, that could have been cool. But alas, it's not to be, don't really see it. Um, Different from the other power guys though, in that he doesn't strike out and never really has his worst strikeout rate. Any stop in his minor league career was 21% in a 174 plate appearance stop at double a back in 15 and this past uh, this year, it's 14%. The year before, it was 17%. Now, he also doesn't walk, uh, but that's okay. If you're not striking out, I can take that. And he has three straight years of 207 ISOs or better. 207 uh, was last year. 226, oh, excuse me, those were both last year. 226 was in AA, then 207 in AAA, and then 224 this year. So it's two years, three stops of a, a better than 200 ISO for Frank Schwindel. Why wouldn't they give this guy a look? And listen, I understand is you can't just bring up every minor leaguer who's doing something and say, play. And then you have a team that's basically your triple A team. But when you're a garbage team, not a, I'm not saying a garbage organization or anything like that. I'm not I'm not shading the organization. They're 35 and 79, though. So Royals fans, I will I will crap talk my own Tigers as well. This is not shade i'm saying like when you're a lower uh standings team and you're not doing anything this year what's a guy like that gotta do i you know what in fairness as i'm saying this i'm looking and they've got a bunch of guys that they've called up um alberto mondesi rossell herrera uh ryan o'hearn hunter dozier so at some point there's just not enough room for all of them you know they, they're paying lucas duda he's got to play you know you have to play some veterans you can't just go with a team especially of like mid-20s AAAers. So it's like they're not even real prospects. You just can't go for a full team like that. So I'll ease off on saying, hey, you're a bad team. Put all these guys up. But Frank Schwindel should at least get a September look. All right, a couple other guys I'll just uh, tick off really quickly, their homer totals and where they're at. Reimer Liriano, one-time big-time prospect. Loved him in the Arizona Fall League years ago. He was with the White Sox organization. I think he's been moved. Oh, yeah, that's... That's old news. That's last year's news. It's been the Brewers and the Angels this year. I don't know. Based on the way it's listed on our page, it would look like the Angels are the current one. But let me check that for you on Reimer Liriano. It is. Okay, so he's with the Angels organization right now. And they've been hemorrhaging players, so maybe he will get a look. Um, 16 homers in 269 plate appearances with the Angels organization. 19 total after the three he got in the Brewers org. He strikes out a ton. He walks a decent amount, you know, 9% kind of just eyeballing it. I would say it's about a 9% average, but he's had some spikes to the, uh, to double digits, but nothing ever higher than 11. Uh, excuse me. He had 13% in those 60 plate appearances with the Brewers, but he could, he could hit, he could hit for some pop. That's Reimer Liriano, former prospect, um, Christian Bethencourt. You might remember him as the guy who was, who was, uh, a catcher who went up to try to relieve. He's got 19 homers in the Brewers organization. Daniel Vogelbach, DH type. He has 18. Kristen Stewart for the Tigers. Now, this is one where I am going to clown my own my own favorite team. Like, why hasn't he been called up? He's a 24-year-old with 18 homers, 207 ISO, 21% strikeout, 12% walk. He is a prospect, uh, you know, with some real acclaim. But he's 24, and so I don't know how protective you have to be over his service time. To let him kind of get up this year sometime in the summer, I was I was really kind of thinking June 
uh, you know, sometime June or later, he would be called up, which obviously if he's called up anytime the rest of the season, that would qualify as the or later part of that. But I thought it would be on the earlier end. And then they trade Leonis Martin. I'm like, well, for sure now, but they've got Victor Reyes rule five that they've been really trying. Um, God, Jim Aducci, Ronnie Rodriguez, Mike Gerber. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Kristen Stewart has to do now. No, he's got 98 games. I was going to say maybe he's been injured. I don't, I don't understand. 420 point appearances. He's out there. Give him a go. There's no need for him to really be in Toledo right now. He should be at the major league level seeing what's what. That's Kristen Stewart. Um, all right. Anybody else? Oh, remember Adam Rosales? Kind of journeyman, majors and minors. He's in the Indians org. 15 homers. Uh, the aforementioned Tyler White has 14. Gabby Guerrero, who I believe is in the in the Vlad Guerrero family tree. I think that might be a cousin. I might be full of garbage on that. Hang on. Let me look this up. Gabby Guerrero. Are you related to the Flying Guerreros? Oh, it doesn't say that there. Hang on. Let me check Vlad, and then it would list. No, it doesn't even list that he's the father. You know what? I don't know. I'm going to look. I'm going to Google. Google. You get to Google with me, okay? Some of you are shouting, yes, he is, or no, he isn't, you stupid idiot. Move on. Gabby Guerrero. Father? That's the first autocorrect. Nephew. See, I, I knew it. I knew it. He's the nephew. Gabby Guerrero is the nephew of um, Vlad and thus the cousin of Vlad Jr., of course. That's how family trees work. You're welcome. So that's kind of it on the homers, uh, on the big homer. Uh, one other one, Mitch Walding in the Phillies organization. I kind of skipped him. He's got 19 homers. He's 25. Might be a little something there with him. The the real tough part is so many of these guys are outfield uh, or excuse me, first base types. And so it's going to be hard to crack in. You know what? One more, just because he was up for like a half second. Adolis Garcia for the Cardinals. I don't know what happened. I know he was up for a brief moment, and then I guess he gone. Oh, no. He got his first start yesterday. So I don't know how long he's been up. I thought he was up longer than that. I would have thought he had a few games. No, let's, we're not Googling this time. We're checking a news site. Adolis Garcia made his major league debut on Wednesday. Oh, he was only called up on the 6th. I don't know why I thought it was a you know much earlier than that. Huh. I seriously would have said it was like a week ago. <laughs> so he's up. He's here. He does have 21 homers, um, 269 average. Nice. Um, 10 for 12 on the bases. I don't know if he's a, let me see, is he a prospect? He made the updated 131, top 131 prospects. He was in their top 23 prospects for this year. Okay, so he's like a legit prospect. Let me see where he ranks on this 131. Adolis Garcia for the Cardinals, by the way, is who I'm talking about. Adolis. Oh, he got kind of a mention. He's not actually in it, um, but he's but he got he got a little mention. He's got swing and miss slash approach issues, according to Eric. So keep an eye on that. Let me see. Um, Twenty-two percent in the strikeout rate, but a four percent walk rate. So yeah, you're not freaking out over twenty-two percent strikeouts, but when it's paired with a four percent walk rate, it's pretty bunk. All right, next up. I said I was going to go by the 5x5 five five categories. I'm not doing runs and RBIs. I'm sorry. 
So we're doing average homers and stolen bases. My bad on that. I misled y'all. You guys were ready to get those sweet, sweet runs leaders, and I'm depriving you. And I know, you know what? Garbage move on my part, but sorry, you know, to – let's see. Who's who's leading in runs? Sorry, Zach Bourne. Oh, no, I already talked about Zach Bourne's time. See? So it's already covered. But let's talk stolen bases because this is an interesting one right off the top. This guy's actually near the top of the runs leaders, by the way. Oscar Mercado. Now, this was an interesting trade at the deadline that you might have missed because it was just a prospect-for-prospect deal. He got moved from the Cardinals org to the Cleveland Indians org. Now, he's he's a shortstop prospect. Good luck playing there. Now, that's weird. You would have thought he'd gone the other way to get out from under Lindor, but nope. He got picked up by the uh, by the Cleveland Indians. I'm just going to – okay, He's he hasn't really done much with Cleveland yet in 21 plate appearances. He's 3 for 17 with a few walks, 176, 333, 235. So let's just focus on the 100 games he had with the Cardinals. He went 31 for 39 on the bases. Did have eight homers, 285, 351. 408, not a huge power guy by any stretch, not a power guy at all, but big time speed. And so Oscar Mercado, boy, I don't know where you're going to play, dog. I just don't understand. Let's see here. Looks like he, okay, okay. See, I was misled by our tag up at the top where we listed him as a shortstop because I thought he was an outfielder and I was going to say it, but I'm not always great on prospects. So I try to check before saying stuff for fear of looking like a clown but I'd have been right on this one. He is an outfielder. That's why it makes a lot more sense. He came up as a shortstop. He's moved into the outfield, and that's where he's actually played all of this year. In fact, the last time he played shortstop was 16. So he's an outfielder, and they have major outfield issues in Cleveland. And maybe he'll get a call soon because he's 23. He's at AAA, and I don't know what it was. It says illness here. Let's see. Did Leonis Martin get hand, foot, mouth? He was placed on the DL with an illness. Let's see if it's hand, foot, mouth. Um, intestinal turmoil. That doesn't sound good. Greg Allen got the call, by the way, who's also a little bit of a speedster. Let me see if he's got any stolen bases to talk about this year. Does he make the uh, Does he make the list? You been stealing at AAA, Greg? No, I don't think I don't think he makes the list. So let me check his individual stats. By the way, he has 158 plate appearances at the majors this year, and he has six for six on the bases. That's that's Greg Allen, but he also has a 557 OPS. So AL only at the at the moment here. And he has 12 for 18 in triple A. But he spent so much time in the majors. He'd probably be on the leaderboard if he hadn't spent so much time in the majors. All right. So that's Oscar Mercado and a little Greg Allen love there. Next up is Kevin Newman for the Pirates. I believe he's a former first-round pick who plays in the middle infield. Yes, 19th overall back in 2015. Um, looks to be kind of a you know high-contact hitter. Yeah, big time. Has only, the highest he's ever struck out at any level was his very first low A in 2015, 13%. This year he's at 11% in 456 plate appearances. He's 27 for 37 on the bases with a 303, 350, 411 triple slash. 107 ISO gross. Um, but Kevin Newman has good bat to ball skills. It would look like it would appear and could maybe get a call. I mean, it might be time. He's only, or he's already 24. 
So I think that's a, a, a good enough time. He is um, shortstop and second base this year. Let's see. They have like Harrison and Mercer. Who they, who they got playing there? They've got, yeah, Josh Harrison. Not doing that well. And Mercer's actually been better, but he's about league average. Yeah, so why not? I mean, I guess you got kind of steady guys that you've had. You know, they're not going to bench Josh Harrison. And you know what? Mercer being an average bat with his defense, it makes sense. And then you got Adam Frazier to bounce around. Adam Frazier would almost be, he's almost like a slower Kevin Newman. So Newman would be redundant. So I understand why he hasn't been called up. So that's Kevin Newman, though. But just keep an eye in case he does get called up. He has 27 stolen bases. Next up is Ian Miller. Not from productive outs. Not that I'm aware of. 26 years old in the Mariners organization. Has 25 stolen bases in 34 attempts with a 275 average. Uh, outfielder. And let's see. Not. That's about it. And he's not even like a huge, you know, bat. You're not going to get some batting average out of him, most likely. And there's no power. Wow, there's no power. One homer this year. Six career minor league homers in a lot of time. Let me add this up. That's one thing I wish our minor league uh, stats did would add up the bottom line. Uh, you know, and so you had all his minor league, but I don't have that. 2,415 plate appearances in the minors, and Ian Miller has six homers. Now, we've talked about how when you come to the majors, you get a little bit of a power boost. I think that for him, that power boost would be from like a one to two homer per season sort of uh, pace to like a four homer pace. (laughs) He might get a couple extra homers. So, yeah, you're not getting speed from Ian Miller. Drink time, one second. Ah, pardon me. All right, so a few more here on the speed. This guy's way too young. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm leaning in on this Rays joke because another 23-year-old, Andrew Velasquez, has 25 stolen bases in 28 attempts. He's like five years from being called up by them. Ha, ha, ha. Same joke you just made a few minutes ago, Paul. You are a comical wizard. Uh, 267, 321, 424, triple slash, 27% strikeout rate. You don't like to see that out of the speedster. You want to see the speedster putting the ball in play and turning that speed into, uh, you know, hopefully some infield hits or some, or, you know, steal some, I guess that would be stealing some hits, would be getting infield hits. But just putting it in contact, putting it in play and running. He does have 10 homers and a 157 ISO, which isn't terrible. So he's not just a true slap-hitting speedster, but I'd, I'd really want to see that strikeout rate cut for Andrew Velasquez. Let me see what position he plays. Second base slash shortstop. Are they teasing me? Is that where he's really playing? Uh, and he's playing in some in center field this year. So, you know, Kevin Kiermaier, unfortunately, has not been the bastion of health. Perhaps Velasquez does get a call at some point this year. Next up, a guy you're very familiar with, probably Keon Broxton, twenty-four for twenty-five for twenty-nine in the minors. We've seen him come up. We know we know about Keon Broxton. We know what he is, and in fact, I think he serves as a as an interesting, you know, kind of uh, reminder about seeing this minor league success and what it might translate into. You know, he did have that one. I'm reluctant to say good, and that's why I paused. He had that one fantasy relevant season where he did go 2020, 20 homers, 21 steals, but he hit 220. So he went 20, 20, 20, but that third one you don't want when it's a 220 average. So, um, 
you know, I like I like some of the stuff he's done, but even when he came up into the majors this year for 65 plate appearances, he was right back to the same sort of thing. In fact, it was even worse. 185, 323, 370 with two homers and uh, four for five on the bases. So, again, we know what Keon Broxton's capable of. We'll see if he gets a shot. Ramon Fields, R- Rom- Roman Fields, R-O-E-M-O-N, Roman, I think that would be. Roman Fields uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays, already 27 years old, so really kind of out of the prospect status. Did steal 43 bases last year, 43 for 57. He was 44 for 60 last year. Um, or excuse me, that was in 16. The 43 for, what did I say, 43 for 57, that was in 17. Actually, that was just at AAA. He went 7 for 7 in AA last year, so he had 50 out of 64. And then this year, he's 23 for 38. So a little bit worse on the rate. Strikeout rate has really jumped up in AAA. He was at 17 last year, 23% this year, and it really cut into his batting average. Uh, that along with the BABIP drop from 291 uh, batting average to 238 in AAA this time around. That's Roman Fields of the Toronto Blue Jays. Should I mean, 27. He should at least get the uh, September call. Jacob Hanneman for the Cubs. Now, it's really hard to fit in on the Cubs because they just kind of move everybody around. So there's like never spots that are open, it seems. This is weird. This is really weird to me, okay? What the hell's going on? I'm looking at his minor league numbers, and they're all Cubs. He has 20 plate appearances in the majors with the... um with the Mariners how that doesn't make any sense how did he never appear in a minor league situation for the Mariners what I need to get to the bottom of this this is so bizarre I guess I'll just go look at his transactions here okay it's it's just this simple selected off waivers on September 4th 2017 from uh, by the Mariners from the Cubs Rewaved again on October 26th of 2017 last year and claimed back by the Cubs. So the minor league season was over. They waived him. Uh, the Cubs did. The Mariners said, eh, we'll take a look. We'll put him, we'll even throw him right into the majors. He's like, cool. 20 plate appearances in the majors. Didn't do that well. Eh, season's over. Playoffs are winding down. We'll wave you again. Cubs are like, eh, we'll take him back. Why not? That's really interesting. That is really, really interesting to have your entire minor league career be with one organization with a minor league with a major league little burst with another organization sandwiched in. It'd be one thing if it was just Cubs, 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 minor league, and then he was moved over to the uh, Mariners and they just brought him right up. But the fact that he has minor league with the Cubs after that, that MLB stint is what's so interesting. That's Jacob Hanneman for the Cubs. I didn't even mention that he's 21 for 26 on the bases this year, but only a 232 average. So there's some speed there. There's some, it's a quirky little profile there for the 27 year old, but nothing too crazy. Another Marlin I definitely want to mention because it's the Marlin, but he's 28, but it's Isaac Galloway. He's 20, 20 for 27 this year, 262 average. Not many of these guys are hitting all that well. That's, that's the tough part. Like, Tapia's at 19. He's 19 for 20, I mentioned. At least he's hitting well. Kyle Tucker is actually 16 for 19, by the way. 
I know. I, I think a lot of folks who aren't big time prospect guys know of Kyle Tucker as like a power source. He's gonna. I, he's gonna be a, a a source across the board, really. So I, I think that that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting. All right, let's move on. Let's do one more here. Let's wrap this up with one more. Jorge Mateo, former big time prospect with the Yankees. Actually, still a prospect. I don't know why I said that. Sorry, 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 sorry. Still a prospect. Broke up with or broke out with the Yankees. Might have broke up with them too, and that's why he was traded. But um, let me see where he ranks ranks on the updated one thirty one. Now he's moved down a couple spots from 58 to 61 on the updated 131, but Jorge Mateo's a center fielder. This is another tricky one where I go to his profile page on Fangraphs and it says shortstop in the upper right corner, but then I was like, wait a minute. I thought he was in the outfield. And I don't well, why why did Eric Liston as a center fielder? Because he's still playing short. I'm confused. 99 games at, at shortstop for the uh, oops, sorry for the A's this year. Uh, so I don't really know uh, where Jorge Mateo's, but maybe that's where he's projecting that he he should play. Um, I, I I guess I don't know. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm rambling there. I'm kind of like looking over it, scrolling incredulously here about, or not incredulously. It's not that big of a deal why it's listed as center field on, on the the updated sheet and shortstop on his profile page. But Jorge Mateo is an 80-speed guy. He's 20 for 30 this year on the bases, but a 236 average. So he's still got some work to do, but uh, at least he's running in AAA. And then I will do one more, another Marlin, Magnaris Sierra, who was part of the big Marcelo Zuna trade. He's just 22 years old. He's 14 for 19 on the bases this year. Interesting guy. Um has appeared in 45 plate appearances with them, 14 games, 45 plate appearances with the Marlins already this year, but spent the bulk of his of his season down in the minors, and he has to get called back up, right? Like, there's no way that he won't, but we'll see. Um, let's see. Just making sure he hasn't been already. Has he been? Did I just goof? Is he already up in the majors? He is. I'm an idiot. See, I questioned myself on it. That's why I said just that let that be the last one and i add one and he's already in the majors i'm a goof magnaris sierra's already in the majors um he hasn't been doing anything in those 45 plate appearances by the way but if he continues to play it's only 45 plate appearances we could see it improve and uh, we could see some of that speed on display but uh, you know he, he looks like a fringe starting outfielder more of a uh, fourth outfielder type but he does have 70 grade speed uh, so that is something interesting for Magnaris Sierra. So there it is. Those are the minor league. Those are the triple A hitters who are performing well in various categories who could get a call down the stretch here and and be instrumental to your uh, playoff success or, or your final rally in a uh, in a roto league. You know, I know not everyone likes September call ups because of the 40 man roster situation because we basically play a different game than we did for five months. I totally understand all that, but that doesn't mean that we don't cover this because it's still the restrictions that we play within. So we can't just ignore it because we think it's goofy. By the way, I am going to add one more, and he's not called up. He's on a bad team, and that's why I want to bring it up. Scott Heineman for the uh, Rangers, 25 year old outfielder. 16 for 23 on the bases at AAA this year. 19, uh, excuse me, 18 for 
24, excuse me, 18 for 26 all told when you add in his whole double A work. But here's his numbers at AAA, 296, 363, 430. The reason I added him in was because it's somebody who's actually hitting somewhat well. So we'll see if uh, Scott Heineman gets called up for the Rangers. He did make their top 22 prospects. Actually, that was last year he made that. So I guess he wasn't good enough to make it again this year or he just aged out a little bit. I don't know. But Scott Heineman. So that is going to officially wrap it up. Hopefully this helps you. Some names just kind of remember uh, so that when they call up, you're not uh, when they're called up, you're not completely caught off guard about who the heck is this guy. Is he any good? Obviously, you have to mitigate expectations in a small sample. But when they show this excellence in the minors, you can catch that lightning in a bottle. And that's why if they have a standout skill, particularly if it's the power or the speed, the batting average, obviously a little bit harder to uh, bet on unless they're true hit tool gods with uh, with you know great contact rates and real good plate approach that uh, they know what they're doing up there. But if they have that standout skill, they can be stars down the stretch. Think about Matt Olson last year. Think about even Matt Chapman. You know, Olson got more of the shine last year, which is understandable because he he was really crushing the ball. Um, actually, I'm going to bring it up real quick to compare those two. But also Reese Hoskins and how good he was down the stretch. Those are just a couple that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Um but it does happen, and it's not always just the best prospects, right? We know the Gary Sanchez one from a couple of years ago, and that's something that we basically expect, right? I'm sure people were expecting Kyle, T- Kyle Tucker to, to come up and, and be great right away. And even if you don't, like, look, don't expect it, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't pick up the guys because it can happen. So you have to balance that like not having outsized expectations versus still rostering them and giving them a shot to see if you can catch that lightning in a bottle. So just keep an eye, see who's coming up, make sure you're following all that um, on the pitcher side as well. We'll keep you abreast of the situation when guys are called up, but I just want to give you a little uh, out front look on some of these names and hopefully they help Be back tomorrow with, well, actually, I'm not a thousand percent sure on if we're going with Justin tomorrow because I don't know if the internet's all set up and everything, but I believe it's going to be as scheduled. So stay tuned for that, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.